1: Returning home, I'm your host Natalie Sapinski. I think it is February 11th today. Oh God, it might even be off with that, but um, it's been a very, very busy second week of February here in Israel. A very difficult week. Um, I'm sure everyone listening knows about this earthquake in Turkey that happened right uh, the night of. Um, to which, just awful. And uh, then right before Shabbat, I mean, just like not even a week later, not even a week later, right before Shabbat, there was a horrible, horrible terror car ramming attack in remote right outside of Um, And, you know, just awful. Right before Shabbat and one person, an adult, was uh, killed on the spot. And then like two little boys, one after the other brothers were killed. And it's just all over social media today. I mean, you cannot look at anything without seeing these two beautiful blonde headed boys just adorable beautiful smiling boys and they're gone and it's just awful and it's so awful to see this and then you continue scrolling through your phone and you see the normal stupidity i mean people you know they just bounce right back to their vacations and their pets and their food and their you know Looking back at school pictures in 1987, I mean, it's just it's just bizarre, you know. People just quickly move on, and they don't they don't seem to realize that these things are real, you know. Tragedy is real, and it's not far away, you know. It's not far away from us, um, and it's very hard to uh, turn from one thing to another that way. For me, all right. But it seems for most people, it's very, very easy. Um, it, it's, I think people are numb. I, I think so. It is. I think it's, It's people have become numb. And it's easier that way. It really is. Um, we have a very uh, interesting guest today. I'm very happy we have him. Uh, recent, Ole, recent 2016, I think he moved here. Yeah. That's so recent. Yeah. yeah. Okay, good. Oh, there he is. Um, and uh he's gonna be telling us about his alia and how he is actually gonna concentrate on some very, very crucial topics. Um, I did some reading. This guy's a writer, his name is Daniel Schwartz, he lives in Rehovot, he came here in uh, 2016 from New Hempstead, New York. I think I'm pronouncing that right. Yep. And um and um uh, well, he, he he wrote for the Times of Israel. Actually, he's a blogger. And he, he writes a few articles. And he asked me to look them up before I spoke to him. And I did. And uh, two very interesting articles I read. Um, this, uh, these are topics we cover a lot, Daniel. We talk about Aliyah and the difficulty of Parnassi here. And um, you covered them both kind of overlapping in two different articles. Oh, wow. I hope I'm still on the air. I'm losing... There we are. One is called, I'd Rather Be an Immigrant Than an Ole, and the other one is something called, um, you know, mid, I I don't even see the title here, but it's something like, um, Middle-Aged Immigrants Also Count, Middle-Aged Ole. And it's very, very good. Um, I don't know if we need to take a break or not. Maybe I can keep going. Please show me the chat. Let me see. I think we're okay. Oh yeah, I'm gonna keep going. Okay, usually we take a break, but I will keep going. So these are really good articles, and um, they touch on two different things. So let's get into that, and let's let's. Why don't you jump into how and why you decided to make Aliyah, and then we'll, as you we go along the story, we're going to get into these topics because you hit them head on in your real life.
0: All right, um, hi. Um, as to why why I decided to make Aliyah. Forgive me, I'll say it like this: that the answer to that question changes over time. I don't know seven years in if the answer why I'm here is the same necessarily as uh, as why I came here. Um, but looking looking back at it, there was a confluence of um, of, of factors uh, which played into it. Some of them were some of them were personal, um, just having to do with uh, with things that had happened um, in our family life um, and a desire for. You know, to just, just just to move and to uh, maybe try to start things a little bit fresh um, someplace else. Um, but really, you know, for me, the issue was just looking at American Orthodox Jewish life and then taking a long, a long hard look at my children and deciding that um, they probably have better chances and better opportunities, um, you know, in terms of having a happy, uh, productive life. Uh, in Israel, than they necessarily would have had um, in the United States. Interesting.
1: Um, interesting. Wait a second. I just want to jump in because you said very yeah. two very interesting terms that I debate with people all the time. You said successful, I think, and productive. Is, is that right? Did you say successful and productive?
0: I said successful and productive, and I also add happy or fulfilled.
1: Oh, okay. Well, let's 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 forget happy because happiness um, usually comes if you're successful and productive
0: or, or fulfilled. Or, 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 or fulfilled lives. I mean, oh you know, uh, well, that's what success
1: in, is, right? That's what put, success is.
0: No, 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 no. People, you can people, say no,
1: people, but that's that, that's we're arguing now. Okay, so so you're no, uh, not absolute.
0: Well, to me, well, to my okay, well, let me say it differently. Success means that you, in my in my in my understanding at least, success is that you really, that you achieve certain milestones and certain landmarks. You you achieve fulfilled is the satisfaction that you get out of achieving those things.
1: All right, that's true. You could have an empty success, I suppose.
0: Okay, okay, interesting. Right, and that was, and, and that was, and that, and that was, and that was, by the way, the thing that I was focused on. And I'll, I'll give, just give you a little bit of, of context for it. In the United States, um, I practiced matrimonial and family law for about twenty-one years, and one of the things that I saw, um, and my practice was what my practice was in the Orthodox Jewish community primarily. And one of the things that I saw was that you had a number of people who were very, very successful in their careers, um, by which I mean they had reached all the milestones one would expect them to, uh, to achieve in their career. They became partners in their law firms or they became managing directors in the banks where they worked or, you know, what, what, you know what, whatever it was. They had, they, had, they had very nice houses. They had nice cars. They had, they had good lifestyles. But they were very unfulfilled. They were very dissatisfied. They weren't happy in the careers, in the, in, the, in the lives that they had. And, you know, you start to talk to your clients and you find out from them, they really would have been happy going into something else, which would have had a much lower income level. And, uh, but, you know, they would have been much more fulfilled. I can't tell you the number of people who I represented or came across who had gone into law or finance or business when really their heart was in English literature or in the arts or, or in something like that. And they did it. Because of the incredibly high cost of Orthodox Jewish life in the United States. And that was one of the very, very big uh, factors that I considered when I looked at my children and what their futures would look like. Mm. And I didn't want and I didn't want them to have to make that uh, make, make those kinds of compromises. I mean, life is always about making compromises, but those particular compromises I didn't want my children to have to make. Uh, you know, to have to, to, to have to give up a very, very important level of personal fulfillment um and meaning in their lives in order to have something else which would maybe is equally fulfilling and equally meaningful, you know, which would be participation in the uh in, in in the in the religious community if they would want to go that way um you know in their in their adulthood. So mm-hmm. for me that was a very, very big uh reason why we chose to make Aliyah.
1: Mm-hmm. And a good one. It's a good reason. Well, uh, I think it's a good reason. I mean, it's, it's, you're saying it, and it's very, in my. it sounds kind of convoluted, um, the way you're speaking, maybe because you're an attorney, but it, it sounds like people have such goals of materialism in that community where you came from. Look, Americans known for being a materialistic place, right? Um, but there's materialism everywhere. It's just that you're well, saying it's, it's
0: like I, you can't do anything else. That's no, but I, I'm just—I'm—I'm—I i am I'm, I'm just, really more focused on what the actual costs of the life are. Day school yeah. tuition and the day school tuition, and the more yeah. modern, the more modern Orthodox you get, the more expensive the tuition is. And then the neighborhood—the the neighborhoods in which you're going to live. Orthodox Jews are wonderful at escalating, you know, real estate prices and real and real estate mm. values. All mm-hmm. right, those those two things. You know, just uh, cre- create eco- tremendous economic responsibilities and burdens that people have. Right, right. Uh, and you know, and, and in order to meet those burdens, you know, you, you, you have to earn. I mean, <laughs> you, you just do. And then you get into things which are more discretionary, but nonetheless, you still have to eat. blood kosher right. meat. You know, yep. costs about two right. to three times what the non-kosher varieties cost. You know, it, it, it all comes in. So again, these are the kinds of things in Israel. However, I saw. It didn't make any difference what you do for a living, in terms of your participation in the religious community that you want to that, that you want to associate with. There are so uh, many. That's well, number, that's, are, number, well number, number one, there are so many. But number two, it just simply matter that yeah, you know, if you want to join, you know, I don't know what what you know these things don't translate necessarily or transfer very well from America to Israel. Um, you know, a modern or datilu, me, or whatever it is you want to call it community. It doesn't really make any difference what you do for a living. You can be a bus driver and you'll sit next to, the, to, the, to an investment banker and sure, it's fine. Does that to, it doesn't, but,
1: but doesn't that happen anywhere?
0: Um, I saw I saw very very little of it in the United States. No, Orthodox Jews couldn't afford to go into a lot of different fields. Um, that's
1: that's I gotta tell you, I, I, you. We were living in a place in Philadelphia, Ronhurst. It's not true at all. Those people were okay. not not a fun community. Um you're a New Yorker. So maybe New York has those right. communities. even mileage- in Philadelphia, they have
0: those. People's people's mileage may vary. <laughs> every every everybody has their own experiences. No question yeah, about yeah. it.
1: There there are different communities, but you know, you're you're speaking a very um a, a, something that really does exist in in many. And I suppose what you're even saying is if you want to be successful and be able to afford these things yeah, your life revolves around your work, and your careers are limited. And
0: right, you know, and what? your your choices. And I did, I just simply didn't want that for my children. I yeah. and my and, my, and, my, and, my, and my, my my belief was and is that Israel, you have uh, more opportunities to self actualize professionally. Very and still nice. And and still and still have other things. I so, love it. Self
1: actualization. <laughs> I love it. Okay, we're taking a quick break. We're going to be right back. Please stay with us. Welcome back to Returning Home. I'm your host, Natalie Sipinski. We're still speaking with Daniel Schwartz. We just covered the reasons why he brought his family to Israel. Um, Let's just go over a few factors here. Like, how old were your children when you came? It was 2016. It was seven years ago, I think. Yeah. Um, How old were they at the time?
0: Okay, so my oldest son at the time was 15. My daughter was... Well, thirteen, and my youngest son was—I'm uh, going to say nine, but you know, eight, nine, something, uh, something all like right. that.
1: All right, so you came with uh, older kids. Interesting. Good for you. Good for yeah. you. What can be yeah, yeah. done. And are they all still here?
0: Yeah.
1: All right. All those listening, yeah. don't think it's so hard. They we hear over and over: come when they're young. Come when they're young. Well, you know what? Happy mother, happy kids, or happy um,
0: parents. For right. well, whatever I mean, yeah, my, my, my eldest is actually finishing the army this week. And uh, mm-hmm. yeah, so, uh, yeah, he's still here. They're all here. Good,
1: good, good. All, all right. right. So why don't you uh, just tell us a little bit of the logistical uh, parts of your actual move? You were living in New York. What did you do? Did you did you contact Nefesh Benefesh and open a file and start house hunting over the Internet? Did you do a pilot trip? What did you do?
0: Okay. So first of all, there is no such thing as Aliyah from America. And I think Canada without Nefesh Benefesh because they're, con- they're they're contracted with the Jewish agency to handle North American right. aliyah. So, right. so everything st- every, everything starts, you know, with um you know, with an application uh, an aliyah application to Nefesh Nefesh. Um, and I'll say this, Nefesh Nefesh does a very very good job um, or at least when I when I did it. Uh, did a very very good job of shepherding through your paperwork making you understand what paperwork had to be fixed or what you know or, and what needed to be done um, the LER counselors were available um, they were there either by email you could set up telephone conferences with them I imagine by now you can also do uh, video conferences with them and things like that um, I, I, I I found them to be exceedingly competent and professional um, as they um, you know as as we went through that process and the bureaucracy I, I, I the, the bureaucracy is never fun, but it was manageable. It was doable because I was able to understand off the website and after sp- and speaking with the person assigned to handle our tick um, exactly what it is that needed to be done. And um, I didn't find myself having to repeat things uh, too many times. In other words, they instructed me well enough that I could get it right the first time. Um, so, and I and I and I and I credit them for that uh, tremendously. Um, so that's that's the first thing. That that's the administrativa. Um, I happen to be very, very lucky that I have a lot of family here in Israel, uh, very, very supportive family and family with whom I've been, you know, I and my family in the States, So every, we were always close with them, very close with okay. them over the years. Nice. So, so when we made the decision, there was an awful lot of, um, an awful lot of support and an awful lot of good advice, um, that came that way. I, I'm nice. also, I'm also lucky in that my best friend in the world made Aliyah, um, I would say and I think what 10 12 years before me maybe, maybe even longer and he also mm-hmm. was a and he also was a very very strong um, source of support and advice um, and help okay um, good. Yes. so what I what I did was besides besides the administrative work in the bureaucracy which you just you have to do you have to hold your nose and do it um you know Nefesh does provide some career counseling and some you know some career advice and some you know some help in terms of helping you um, figure out, you know, what the career landscape looks like a little bit. And I'll get to that more in a minute. So I think they're more limited. Um, but anyway, Nefesh or Nefesh, for example, gave me a list, um, I think of about 70 or 80 um, American lawyers, you know, living in Israel. And I put together a standard form email, uh, which I sent out to every single one of them. And you know, I'm an attorney in the United States. I have 20 years of experience in litigation, mainly in family family law, but, you know whatever you know the whole thing. Telling right. people who I am, I'm, I'm I'm moving to Israel. You know, can we meet? Can we talk? Can you give me a job? <laughs> you know, right. You know, you know what, what? Whatever it is, people responded. Generally, you know the response. Everybody, almost everybody responded. Not everybody responded positively. Some people said, "I have nothing to nothing to offer you, nothing to say to you," which is fine too. Um, other people, you know, were very uh, forthcoming um, and more than happy to, uh, you know, to speak with me and try to give me their thoughts, um, and things like that. And you begin to collect information. That's all, that's mm-hmm. all I was doing. I just collected information as much as I possibly could. And my wife who's a nurse, was doing the same thing in terms of her career. Okay.
1: Um,
0: in January of 2016, we came my wife and I came alone on a 10 day, uh, pilot trip. Uh, to okay. look I'm gonna
1: I'm gonna jump in because uh, I don't want to just let you just go on. We'll, we'll go back to that. Let me just say when you said, um, you know, what you did was it was very smart. Um, but in your uh, one of your papers here, one of your articles, and and I've seen this and I've heard this. People say um, if you go to Israel, you should change your career. Be ready to change your career. Now, when you started fishing for a job after being a pretty advanced in your career you know 29 years you said you're an attorney 20 20 20 years 20 years that's a lot did you think after you got first of all did you think when you got that list of names and you had to go reach out did you ever think to yourself like oh i don't want to have to do this i shouldn't have to do this people should come after me
0: i did not think that I did not think that. I've never, I've, I've never been that impressed with myself to think that people have to should be coming after me, and that I'm going to mm-hmm. do them a huge favor by joining them. But I will mm-hmm. say this. I will say this. It was my desire to not practice law in Israel, actually, and part of my plan was not to practice law. Um, uh, how, how, how I wound up coming back into practicing law, you know, is, is a story which I can tell now, or you, or we can wait on it, whatever, whatever you prefer.
1: Well, I, um, yeah, nobody knows that except
0: you. <laughs> we right. Didn't so, get there yet. so What happened? What what happened? What happened? What happened was I be, I came to Israel. I began I began looking for work. And there are a number of different courses, you know, which are put out. There's an organization called Gvahim, uh, Mistrad Haliyah Veklitah. They also have you know things that are available to Olim to help them uh, you know get into careers. You know, and then there are the Israeli, just regular Israeli organizations, you know, which help which help people looking for work some of them are for middle-aged people some of them are for older people younger people there are these various things and you start to again you start to find out information what happened was a number of people advised me that even if i don't want to practice law i have to get admitted to the israeli bar um because otherwise people might think there's some reason a bad reason why i can't get admitted to the israeli bar like for example was i disbarred in the united states and therefore you know my credibility is shaky so therefore, I had to get it. So, and when I heard it the first time, I didn't really pay any attention to it. By the third time it was told to me, I realized, okay, then this is something I need to do, and I need to get myself admitted to the bar. And getting admitted to the bar is a is, is a whole halich, um, whatever it yeah, is.
1: Yes.
0: Yeah. there are exam, there are exams, and there's an internship you have to do. What, whatever. There are, there are things that have to be done. Okay, so I got myself admitted to the bar. Um, at that point, I start. I started. I start working. I start looking for other, you know, for positions as well. At that point, then both legal and non-legal positions. At that point, I'm 48 years old, um, and you know the you know the blog posts which I referred you to. I mean, they do talk about the fact that when you're 48 years old in Israel and looking for your first job in Israel, it's it's, it's not easy. Um, Israel, the Israeli concept of, of, of added value—you know—that a, uh, a new employee can bring doesn't really cover a four, doesn't really apply to a forty-eight-year-old person looking for their first job in Israel. The experience that I, the experience that I had in the United States, the knowledge set that I brought from the United States, did not make me especially attractive uh, to Israeli law firms or, or other employers. Yeah. Well, it, it it is it is it is crazy but it's Israel I mean it just is what it is Israel is a culture unto itself it's not America yeah. it's not yeah. England it's a culture unto itself and this is how the mindset is and you can fight it and be miserable or you can figure something out and hopefully not be miserable but those are, but those, those are your choices or you can pack up and go back home go back to where you came from but th- you know those mm-hmm. are your those 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 are your choices mm-hmm. I got very very lucky in that a friend of mine who I'd gone to college with, who made Aliyah right out of college and went to law school here in Israel? Uh, at that point, was opening up his own law office, and he invited me to join him. Amazing! Uh, That's uh, great. And that, and, that, and that, if you know, if you're religious enough and you believe that God provides for you, then you know this was my gift from God. Yeah.
1: So, wow! So. I didn't know that was a story. I was, I was, I didn't ask you, I wanted to, I think I wanted I yeah. to be surprised. I'm, I'm very surprised. It's amazing.
0: Ah, you have to you have to read the other blog post, Losing Myself and Seeing Renaissance, Reflections on Three Years After Making Aliyah. That, okay. you, have, you have to read that one, too. Um, but that, okay, well, that, I like I, some
1: I, of the I, things you said. You know, I just want to mention them before we take a quick break. One of them, um, you said, leaving the cultural comforts of one's birthplace. And you're talking about how Aliyah's very, by its very nature, you wrote, is a humbling experience. And then you said this, accepting the humiliating end of one's career aspirations, taking a go-nowhere job that offers far less, both in terms of the job itself and its salary, then one's abilities, skills, and background would indicate ought not to be part of the price of admission to this country. Israel has to do better. I, I, I be- think uh, that is great. I believe, well
0: I, be- I, believe that, I believe that, and I believe it still.
1: Yeah, now, I have a note here that I wanted to talk about, licensing, et cetera, today. Zoom, work in the U.S., live anywhere. Um, things have changed a little bit in that right. you don't have to work here. You could live here and still keep your job from in many, many different
0: um, industries. So yes, yeah, great. Yeah, yeah. There are yeah. a lot of there are, there are a lot of people who are doing that. It's not my yeah. experience. I don't I don't have I don't have any real knowledge of how that works. People do yeah. it. I mean I know they do yeah. it. And again, I think their mileage varies.
1: I say um, you know. However, you can make it here. Do whatever you can. And you got really lucky, but in a, in a sense maybe not because, like you said, you wanted to do something else, and here you are doing what you used to do. Even though I think you did change a little, you're still. No,
0: I don't. Yeah, I don't. I don't. I don't really do matrimonial family law. Um. Uh-huh. Or I don't. I don't look for that. I mean, if you know, if but if you're not a gardener
1: it, and you're not building houses.
0: I'm not a gardener. I'm not building houses. That's correct. <laughs> okay. Um, wait.
1: We we have to take a break. We have to take a break on that note. Please stay with us, and we'll be back uh, after the after the messages. <laughs> Welcome back to Returning Home. I'm your host, Natalie Sipinski. We're continuing our talk with Daniel Schwartz, who made Aliyah with his family in 2016 from New Hempstead, New York, to Rehovo. And we haven't even gotten into Rehovo. You're our first guest from Rehovo, I think. And um, huh. why don't you tell me, tell us, our listeners, how you chose that beautiful city?
0: Okay. So, um, as I said, in January 2016, my wife and I came on a pilot trip to look at communities. Ah, good. Uh, you didn't tell us that.
1: Okay, well, that's important yeah, yeah,
0: now. Yeah, yeah, We we came Yeah, we came We came into We came to look at communities, and uh, we spent ten days. And I think we looked at, I'd say twelve different, uh, twelve different potential places. Um, yeah, Beit Shemesh, uh, Hashmonaim, Modi'in, um We 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 thought about. Um, you know, we thought about Jerusalem, you know, a little bit, you know, th- and things like that. Rehovot wound up checking off almost all of the boxes. Mm-hmm. Um, we were able. We had. Um, we wanted. A, we wanted a place that had an Anglo community, but not, a, but not an overwhelmingly large Anglo community, because we wanted our children to go into into schools, uh, mainstream Israeli schools, where they would have to take a swan dive into speaking Hebrew. Um, we wanted as well. Affordability obviously was an issue. We wanted something to be centrally located to Jerusalem and to Tel Aviv because we weren't sure where anybody was going to be, was going to be working. And then for us personally, I have the closest relatives that I have, who I'm the closest with, live in Masqueret Batia, which is about 15 minutes away from Rechovot. So Rechovot mm-hmm. just checked all the boxes when we when 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 we uh, when we looked at it, and it's a beautiful community. Okay. Um you know, and that's that's how we wound up there.
1: Did, um, just to, for those of you who are listening and who aren't familiar with pilotships, is when you come to Israel and you're checking out where you're going to live and how you're going to live and to schools and the systems and neighborhoods. But right. my question to you, right. Daniel, is how did you organize that? Did your counselor from Nefesh Benefesh actually help you make an itinerary?
0: No, no. I We we organized it on our own from, uh, from the United States. My cousins, you know, who I said I'm very, very close with, they arranged a couple of meetings for us uh, you know, for example, my wife, as I said is a nurse, they arranged for us to be able to go visit a hospital and a pediatric um, emergency room where my wife you know was working in the United States so she could see what just what you know what one looks like and I think my wife met with a, with one of the nurses um, in that uh, in that department. Um, I arranged a number of meetings uh, with attorneys um, again based upon that uh, you know that mass email you know that I that I talked about um and things like that and then you know mm-hmm. we had you know we we had we had, we had friends and acquaintances and friends of friends to to meet you know in various places right. in Israel to us around a little bit and we just we did it on our own. Good. And
1: you like rented a car and went from place to place.
0: No, actually a cousin drove us around. Really? Us. That's pretty <laughs> <Yeah>. great. Okay. <laughs> yeah.
1: Um so good so you decided on Merhavo because of like you said it checked all the boxes and you actually had a checklist.
0: Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It checked you know it checked most of the boxes and uh and we're essentially happy. We That's rented. Good. We rented an apartment for five years, and then we uh, and then we bought. Great.
1: And is your apartment complex? You know, is your landlord uh, an English speaker? Are your neighbors English speakers? Uh, I, I mean, when you say English community, so healthy.
0: our 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 landlord was actually they were Russian immigrants, so we spoke to them in Hebrew. Um, the building that we live in right now, I think there are, what there are about twenty apartments in the building. I think there are three of us who are native English speakers. Three three apartments. With native English speakers, a couple of Russian native Russian, native Russian speakers, um, and everybody speaks in Hebrew.
1: Mm-hmm. So your Hebrew, but, your level of Hebrew must be pretty good. I mean, you, so you I, mean, I wanted,
0: to, I, I wanted, I wanted to say this.
1: Yeah. In
0: my opinion, in my opinion, the most important key to a successful aliyah is mastery of the Hebrew language. Yeah. There That's is nothing. Yeah. There is nothing. Nothing more important than making the effort to master the Hebrew language because that is number one, it is the key to Israelis' hearts. Because right. uh, what I've noticed what I've noticed is Israelis, they have no problem with you if you make mistakes when you speak Hebrew. But if you demand that they have to understand you in English, they get uh, you know, they get ornery. But if you, yeah. if you if you if you'll if you'll try to speak in Hebrew, you make mistakes, they'll smile, they'll correct you, you know, they'll pat you on the head, so to speak, you know, Kapada and Sheli, you know. Here's how, you, here's, here, here's, here's how you say it, um, and I have, you know, I've appeared before judges, You know I've appeared in the Israeli Supreme Court with my heavy American accent, it's not a problem. And the frustrations okay. that I've seen from a lot of people who are here, the, most of the, a lot of the frustrations which got expressed have to do with the fact that they don't speak Hebrew. The other yeah. thing is, speaking Hebrew is the entree to Israeli culture. You know, you want to watch the news and understand what, what people are really thinking, and not have to rely on Times of Israel and Jerusalem Post to tell you. You want to watch the news, and you want to watch Israeli TV, and you want to read the Israeli newspapers and and things like that, and start to read Israeli books and literature. And there's a lot of really great books and literature, um, and Israeli movies and things are, in my opinion, superior to the American varieties. You got to master the language. There is yeah, no yeah. getting around. It's not
1: the just the yeah. It, it's the it's the understanding. And the be able the, the the ability to be able to participate in the
0: culture. That's correct. correct. It's so no it's it.
1: so true. It's so true. It's you're living like a two-dimensional life if you don't have that language. And right. people come on the air here a day, and I'll be honest with you, they said, I don't need Hebrew, I'm fine without it. I have a life without it. Now some
0: I don't people know how have
1: works. a life without it. Okay.
0: I don't know how that works.
1: I'll tell you how it works. They have a life on the sidelines. Maybe. Yeah, they have a life with their with their 15 friends. And um, the Israelis they deal with are, you know, speaking their, you know, their version of uh, tourism English. But mostly they have a very small life. And not everyone. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm just telling you, it's it's a shame. Because right. you're right. But you're if, missing out. you know, some people happy, that's, they just can't overcome it. Some people just if can't they're
0: happy if they're if if they're ha- if they're happy, great. It's you know, it's 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 not it's not what I wanted. It's not what I wanted for myself yeah. or for or for my family. But, but it's again. such
1: a truth, what you're saying, and and I really think it's important to say loud and clear what you're saying, because you can start working on that way before you come. You don't have of to be here
0: of course you can. You can get Netflix. You can just start, start watching movies on Netflix. That's right. Set, your, that's way, right. set, your, that's set right. your ways to Hebrew. Set your ways to Hebrew.
1: Yeah, set your ways. Listen to TV. Listen to commercials. You know how many words and, and phrases I learned from
0: commercials? Tons. Yeah. Well, Tons. That's the point. Tons. That's the point. Yeah.
1: Nursery school, all, my, we got my kids a um, Uzi Heitman a CD, and I learned all the nursery school songs before we moved to Israel and um this stuff you know it's part of the culture you're it's it's so true and and you can really do it in a very effortless way and um it's very important very very helpful and it's good that you said that because uh i I think everyone should try and and once you try and and kind of just like you know march forward into it and and uh, embrace it
0: you can do it right well most people most people i think can but again yeah again everybody's mileage No, other but the other thing is at the same time everybody's you know, every aliyah is unique to the individual, um, and everybody has their own challenges and their own, you know, their own experiences. You know, what, yes. you know what, what, what was what was my what, what was my up might be somebody else's down. You know, it's uh, sure. you have to realize that as well. Other people's experiences will only guide you so far. So,
1: yeah, um, you said something interesting when we spoke um, earlier in the week. You you said you did say that. You said aliyah is hard for everyone.
0: I think so. I think so. Uh-huh.
1: Mm-hmm. what was the hardest part for you and I'm speaking as if it already is over it may not be
0: for me personally yes, it, was the, person- it, it, was, it mm-hmm. was the job it was it was the job it was it was it was getting a profession it was getting uh mm-hmm. uh you know, it was getting something to wake up to every day to get and go to
1: how long did it take
0: about two and a half years two and a half yeah yeah and then uh and then Corona hit
1: what were you doing before you got that
0: job well I was getting I was in the, I, I was in the process of getting myself of getting licensed which you know I had to prepare for exams and I had to mm-hmm. do what's called the you know, or or was also called the stage uh, which is you know the uh, the clerkship um you know like that and that you know that took, and that took time uh but there was significant downtime and significant downtime was uh was a tremendous personal challenge I'll, I'll, I'll put it that way
1: yeah, and how about your uh, wife? Tell me what her situation. Um, so my was. wife,
0: my wife, my, my, my wife, my wife, as I said, is a nurse. Uh, when she came to Israel, as well for mainly issues, mainly con- with issues concerning the uh, the hours. Or nurses work impossible hours everywhere. She also was trying to look for alternatives, and um, she she tried a number of different things adjacent to uh, to nursing or, or the medical world. Uh, she did medical transcription for a little while, uh, then she took a course um, to do something called be I think it stands for clinical clinical research assistant, which is the compliance end of medical research in terms of how the studies get managed. Um, you know, in dealing with the with the uh, with the study subjects, uh, the patients, um, mm-hmm. and things like that. She did that for for a number of years. Uh, my wife is remarkable in that she's never met a test that she couldn't pass with at least a ninety. Um, out of 100, she's just one, she's just one of these people who's just amazing at taking tests. And at one point, a couple of years ago, she said, you know, as much as I've tried not to do nursing, I really miss it and I want to go back to it. So a year and a half ago or so, she buckled down and she took the exams, the Israeli nursing exams, and transferred her license. And she's now a nurse at Kaplan Hospital, in the, you know, the local hospital in Rehovot.
1: Wow. She is a doer. Good for her. I want to meet yeah, her. Yeah, yeah um that that's a can-do attitude i love that was the english a problem was the hebrew a problem
0: for her is she pretty fluent so so going so going back to mastery of the of the the hebrew language my wife is the best person to look at for that um and i'm not because i had a very good hebrew language education as a child i went to an old-fashioned day school and i came out speaking hebrew and i you know and i kept up with it my wife didn't have that same education the day schools that she went to and she makes mistakes left and right in Hebrew with, 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 with masculine and feminine and with numbers and, and things like that. And she doesn't care. She'll, she'll, just, she'll just speak Hebrew the way she knows how to speak. And she may, and she's able to be understood. And everybody loves her for it. So she's just fine. She's, a nurse, she's an American nurse in an Israeli hospital with Israeli patients, Israeli coworkers. And she just gets up and she just starts to speak completely unashamed. God bless her. And uh, no problem. It's just fine. That's right.
1: That's right. That's what you gotta do. Great. Yeah. You
0: know, yeah she's so not embarrassed. To make,
1: yeah, there, and she's not embarrassed
0: very, to make mistakes. And she's no, not embarrassed to make mistakes. And she shouldn't
1: be. Um, <laughs> right. we uh we're all immigrants here, okay? And uh, yeah. my
0: and, and the way and the way and the way she's received is excellently. Everybody has tremendous respects for her. Right. Right. So yeah.
1: She jumped in. I you said it beautifully. You said you took us you wanted your children to take a swan dive into Hebrew. And yes. by living in a in a, by working in an Israeli hospital with Israeli patients, your wife took a swan dive into Hebrew, right? Yeah. And yeah. you that's yes, exactly the kind of attitude to succeed that you need, you know, or that you need to succeed. Um and yeah, like everybody has flaws. Israelis have their flaws, and we have ours, you know. And if it's the language and the grammar, okay, it's the language and the grammar. I'm sure she's an excellent nurse and tons of energy, and I'm sure she's great with her patients, you know. So if she doesn't speak perfect Hebrew. Who cares, right?
0: Essentially, essentially, yeah. <laughs> really, um, it's it's very. She's an amazing nurse, and she does have a very high energy level. <laughs> uh, yes. Yeah, so. so yeah, that's that's correct. Is she there? No, no, she's not.
1: Oh, I thought we talked to her. Um, no. Well, this has been really great. I'd like you to just, if you can, I think you already covered this, but I always like our guests to give one piece of advice if you can. And I think you already did with the Hebrew, but if, if you have any s- separate um, piece that you can leave us with, that would be great.
0: Yeah, yeah. Anybody who's contemplating making this, I mean again, my experience is only to people who are doing it in middle age. Uh, because which because it's when i did it understand why you're doing what you're doing and set your priorities um accordingly all right i made when i made aliyah i understood that my career was going to have tremendous changes to it um and probably changes for the bet for the negative and i was i could have stayed in new york and my senior colleagues you know, we're beginning to retire and I could have, you know, moved up, you know, in the, uh, you know, in the legal community. And I would have become the senior, you know, one of the senior people, you know, in the, in, in the practice where, you know, where I was. I was practicing in a small county in Rockland County and things like that. I understood very well that I'm going to take a huge career hit. Nonetheless, it became very frustrating when the, when the hit actually came because you can't be prepared for what, you know, for what, for what that actually means. But understand why you're doing what you're doing. Now, for me, it was to provide opportunities for my children. And it worked. It's worked 100. percent right. My children have amazing lives. They have wonderful lives here, and they're and they're very, very happy. In certain ways, I'm actually jealous of the of the lives my kids had when I compare it to the to the childhood and teenage teenagehood um, that I had. Um, right. If you're gonna if you're gonna do this, understand why you're doing it, and keep your eye on the ball, because when it starts to suck, <laughs> that's the only thing which is going to pull you through. All
1: right
0: and and it will and it will get difficult it will get difficult and it will be hard and, and and you'll and you'll you're gonna pull your hair out of your head, but if you keep your eye on the ball and you understand always understand why you did it, you know hopefully then uh you know you'll you'll you'll, you'll get through the challenging times
1: well put very good that's that's very good advice i um echo exactly so many of the things you said I said them myself um My children are everything and their lives are going to be completely different than mine. Their memories are different than mine and their experiences are different and their strengths and their chutzpah and their confidence is just so much more than I ever had. And I have a lot, but they have it different and, um, there's, I'm I'm extremely jealous. I was jealous when I was a student here and I saw those Israeli students. When I, I I saw them and I was like, I wish I was like that. Um, you said it very well. And, uh, a vote for them and for us for coming, okay? So we sacrifice a little bit. So what? It's worth it. Totally worth it.
0: No, we, sacri- we, we, we sacrificed a lot, but hopefully it's worth it. It is for me. It is. Hopefully it's worth it. Is. It.
1: It, is. it is. It is. It is. Totally. Just like our parents who or, or maybe even grandparents who left their homeland for a better life for us in America, we're, we're making a better life for them in Israel. You know? Yeah. It's just the door shown.
0: That's the hope. That's the hope. Yeah,
1: yeah. yeah. I th- I'm sure the hope will be realized. I, I believe it with my whole being. Well, thank you. We're out of time. It was great to meet you. You were very, so well-spoken and really a pleasure. I could just sit back thank and Thank you very up. much. Great to be here. And have a great <laughs> week. And, um, toudat, Take care. Be well. If you
0: love Israel News Talk Radio, then you'll love our Facebook page. We keep you up to date on what's happening in Israel, plus little surprise treasures that we don't share on the radio. Go now to follow us on Facebook. Just look for the Israel News Talk Radio Facebook page. And don't forget to subscribe and follow us by clicking on the like button. We post great stuff there that you'll want to share. Israel News Talk Radio on Facebook and Israel News Radio on Twitter. If you're hearing this message, everyone else can too. Advertise with Israel News Talk
1: Radio and get your message out to people. We'll build a personalized package for you. Contact advertising at IsraelNewsTalkRadio.com. Straight
0: Talk from Israel. You're listening to Israel News Talk Radio.